0: Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. The Jum'a Khutbah is an essential reminder that calls the believers every Friday to increase in taqwa, God consciousness. This series shares Jum'a Khutbahs that take place at the Al-Maqasid Seminary. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> we pray, we pray, we pray, and we pray sayyiat a'malina we praise allah seek his help and ask for guidance and we seek refuge in allah from the evil of ourselves and the consequences of our wrong actions wa shadu la ilaha illa allah wahdahu la shareeka lah mulk wal hamd yuhyi wa wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir wa shadu an sayyidina wa azizana wa habibana wa qa'idana wa qurrat a'yunina muhammadan 'abduhu wa sulu. اللهم وسلم على سيدنا عبدك النبي وعلى سيدنا محمد صليت على وعلى في العالمين حميد to proceed I remind myself and you all of the importance of taqwa of Allah that is being mindful being conscious of our Lord Most High Allah says Allah ta'ala, addressing the faithful, <coughs> Believers, have taqwa of Allah. Be mindful of Allah with the taqwa due to him and hold fast to that taqwa and do not die except as Muslims, as believers. Allah <coughs> ta'ala, Again, addressing the faithful believers, have taqwa of Allah and let that translate not just into your actions but into the words that you speak. And speak precisely. Speak words that which hit the mark. What's the uh, effect or what is the result of this taqwa? Is that Allah will, is that He will uh, amend your deeds. وَيُغْفِرْ And forgive you for any lapses, wrong actions, any lapses in this taqwa. And then Allah says, as a general statement, uh, uh, all who obey Allah and His Messenger have attained already a great and mighty attainment. Alhamdulillah. To state the obvious, we are at the doorstep of Ramadan. And this month of Ramadan, we should view the month of Ramadan as a great gift from Allah and as a guest from Allah. And the Prophet ﷺ said that whoever believes in Allah and the last day is that they should honor their guest. And Ramadan is this guest that's coming to stay with us for a limited period of time. And we should uh, do our best to honor this most blessed guest of Ramadan. And if you look at how the previous predecessors, the Salaf, and their relationship with Ramadan is that you will see amazing ajaib, you'll see wonderful things, amazing things. They say that the Salaf, they used to prepare for Ramadan the first six months, they would be asking Allah that Allah allows them to reach Ramadan. And then after Ramadan, they would spend the rest of the year uh, praying that their Ramadan was accepted. So in a sense, their whole year, just like our day revolves around the Salah, for the righteous predecessors and for the righteous people, their whole year... Really revolves around this month of Ramadan. With uh, that's the amount of esteem that they had for this most blessed blessed month of Ramadan. And I remember my own experience when I uh, first uh, went to Tarim. It was two or so months how remote. It was two or so months after Ramadan. And I remember hearing in their du'as, the scholars, is that they were still talking about Ramadan. And for me, I was, I was impressed because oftentimes Ramadan's done and you kind of forget about Ramadan. But here, two months after Ramadan, they were still talking about, inshallah, we see the benefits of Ramadan in our life and that Allah accepts that Ramadan two months after. Right? And that was an uh, eye-opener for me about how important right, the month of Ramadan is in the year. And Ramadan, uh, there's, more than, there's more than meets the eye. One of the great tabirin, Maymun bin Mehran, he said that the easiest part of fasting Ramadan is leaving food and drink. That's the easiest part of Ramadan, is that leaving food and drink. In other words, there's so much more to Ramadan than just the aspect of fasting. Yes, fasting is the quintessential deed of Ramadan, but there's so much that Ramadan has to offer, and that's why the scholars, they uh, actually call Ramadan Ramadan Al-Karim, right? The generous Ramadan. One of the meanings of that is that there's so much that we can take from Ramadan, it's a Uh, uh, Giving a source a source of giving that never ends right that keeps on giving generation after generation year after year Is that there's so much that we can take from Ramadan right and Ramadan is this generous month, right? But we have to be recipients of that generosity. We have to expose ourselves to what Ramadan has to has to offer so with that I want to look at some of the purposes of this blessed month of Ramadan and as scholars used to say that ramadan in of itself is a madrasa it's an institute it's a it's it's a it's an institute that you can learn and you can take many lessons from the blessed month of ramadan right, there's so much that we can take from ramadan and there's so uh, many lessons that we could extract from ramadan and uh, allah says in the quran uh, he mentions the primary purpose objective of this most blessed, blessed month Allah says ya amanu kutiba kama kutiba min qablikum oh you who believe uh, fasting is prescribed for you as it was for those before you uh, why so that perhaps you will increase you will become mindful of Allah you will have taqwa of Allah so there's a direct correlation with our fasting and our uh, actions of Ramadan and increasing, or developing, or cultivating this taqwa, this mindfulness of Allah Most High. And oftentimes, when we think about Ramadan, we think about good deeds, right? Increasing in salah, increasing in qira'ah, of Qur'an, uh, charity, we think about good deeds, right? But there's another really important aspect of Ramadan is that one of the lessons of Ramadan is that it's an opportunity for us to work on our akhlaq, to work on our character. And the difference between character and actions is that actions stem from character. Right? Whatever action is easy for you is uh, a mirror or tells you what your character is. So if it's easy for someone to depart with their wealth, that tells you that they are generous, even if they don't have a lot of wealth. Even if they're, ex- they're, they're, they're poor or they don't have a lot of wealth, but the fact that it's easy for them to dispense with what they have, that means that they're generous. And the opposite is true. Someone can give a large donation or a large sum of money at one shot, but it was hard for them. They didn't really want to do it, or they had an alternative motives. And that means that that act of generosity, even though they gave a lot of wealth, is that that's not their character. So if we work on our character, then by default, right, our actions will follow suit. And the Prophet, ﷺ informed us in the famous hadith in our Bainawi, is that there is this... Uh, 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 this organ, or there's this, uh, there's this uh, uh, piece of flesh in the body, and that if that is rectified, then everything else is rectified. And the, the Prophet said that that is the heart, right? So if we get the character, if we get our hearts right, and we get our character character traits right, then inshallah everything else will be easier, and all of our actions will reflect that rectification of our of our heart. So the first objective in terms of character in terms of traits, in terms of akhlaq, that Ramadan has to offer, is this taqwa, as explicitly mentioned in, in the verse. And again, we often hear the word taqwa quite often, and sometimes it's still a little bit vague, what does taqwa mean? Is it fear of God? Is it God-consciousness? What it is it? Is it? What mindfulness of Allah? What does taqwa mean? But if we go back to the language, the luga, we'll see the implications, the true implications of what taqwa means. Taqwa, literally it comes from wikaya. And a wikaya is a shield that you protect yourself with. So taqwa means that literally, linguistically, it's to shield yourself from something that you fear. So for example, the, for example, the Arabs would say, It al matar the rain, it was pouring, and you didn't want to get soaked. So you had taqwa of the rain, you distanced yourself, you avoided the rain. You, you avoided the rain, you had taqwa of the rain because you didn't want to get your clothes soaked. That's taqwa linguistically. Uh, and the Prophet said, for instance, The Prophet said that, have taqwa of the fire, of hell fire, even if it be by half a date. What does that mean? It means place this barrier between yourself and hellfire, even if that be the charity of half a date, that will be a barrier, that will be a taqwa for you, a distance, a barrier between you and the hellfire. So, when it comes to taqwa of Allah, is that we preserve ourselves, right? We, we ourselves from what is sinful out of fear of His displeasure and of, out of fear of His punishment. Those things that He has made forbidden and those things that He has, uh, that, that, that those things that are haram and unlawful is that we have taqwa of Allah through those things, that we place a barrier between ourselves and those things out of our consciousness and our fear and our, our mindfulness of Allah Most High. And that is what taqwa essentially is, is that it's like being on the defensive, right? You're, you're cautious. And one of the sahaba, he asked his fellow sahaba, what is taqwa of Allah? What does taqwa of Allah really mean? And he said, he gave an analogy, he gave a metaphor, he said that have you ever been on a path that was full of thorns a thorny path i said of course right it might be shattered glass or you know something like that and he said what did you do he said i over, i stepped over the thorns where i saw them i lifted up my garment i treaded lightly i was cautious he said this is taqwa he said this is taqwa is that life has things that are thorny or problematic or things that are uh, harmful and knowing how to navigate around those things exercising cautious ca- caution is that that is the taqwa, right? So Ramadan, Allah says that fasting uh, has been prescribed, so that we can cultivate this ability, this muscle, this ability of taqwa, this muscle of taqwa, if you will, that it can be cultivated, right? We could strengthen our taqwa, right? We could strengthen our taqwa, and if you look uh, at Ramadan, if you look at it from this perspective, they, they say that there are four different types of taqwa, or four different manifestations of taqwa the first is somebody that is in sin and that they repent from their sin this is a type of taqwa right they're abstaining from that which is sinning they're putting a barrier by toba they're putting a barrier between that themselves and that which is sinful the second is taqwa that you're mindful of Allah and that inspires you to uh, fulfill all your obligations right you fulfill your obligations because you have taqwa of Allah the second is that you increase in good deeds out of your mindfulness of Allah and the last is that you leave things that are halal, that are permissible, out of such that you want to focus on the akhirah. So these are four aspects of taqwa, and if you look at Ramadan, all four aspects of these taqwa of taqwa are contained in Ramadan. Right. So we repent from sins in Ramadan. Right. We fulfill our obligations of, in Ramadan. We go. We perform uh, supererogatory actions in Ramadan, and we leave that which is halal in Ramadan out of taqwa of Allah. And one of the lessons of Ramadan is if we can leave those things that are permissible, right, we can leave th- eating and drinking and things that are otherwise permissible, we could do that for every day for 30 days in Ramadan, then how can we not leave things that are haram outside of Ramadan? Right, if you have the ability to abstain from all the fu- things that are permissible, then how are you not going to have the ability to stay away from things that not only are they har- per- prohibited, but they're harmful for you? Right? There's no good in sin. It only results in regret. Right? So this is how Ramadan can cultivate this taqwa. Right? If we strengthen our taqwa outside of, in, in Ramadan, outside of Ramadan we'll have that ability to abstain and to refrain. And this ties into the second characteristic trait that Ramadan has to teach us, and that is patience. And that is patience, because it takes patience, sabr, to refrain from things. Right. Uh, literally, patience has to do with, uh, uh, with refraining, refraining and abstaining. Like you said, the Arabs, they say, قَتَلْهُ sabran," Is that they killed him out of patience? No. They killed him by not feeding him, by starving him. Right. So they abstained from feeding him, they refrained from feeding him, and he died out of sabran And it has to do with refraining and abstaining. So Ramadan also teaches us how we can delay our gratification. And again, these are characteristic traits that we can develop, and they're not limited to Ramadan, is that we will see the fruits of these characteristic traits or the traces outside of Ramadan and inshallah throughout our lives. Right? So Ramadan is an opportunity for us to build and to cultivate these traits, to become more God-fearing, more God-conscious, more taq- having more taqwa in Ramadan, to become more patient. Right? And the Prophet ﷺ said explicitly is that Ramadan is the month of patience. Ramadan is the month of sabr, and he said that the reward for patience is nothing but paradise. And in another hadith, the Prophet said that siyam is half of patience. Fasting is half of patience. Fasting is half of patience, and again, patience is the ability to delay gratification, to withhold, to abstain, and that's why there's three categories of patience. The first uh, category of patience is what usually comes to our mind, is that when we're afflicted with something, uh, we have we're, we're, we persevere, right? We don't give up. We have a good response. That's patience because we're withholding ourselves from responding in a way that's not correct, right? Responding in a way that's not pleasing to Allah, right? We don't say things that are not pleasing to Allah. Why did this happen to me and this and this and that? That's not patience. That's you're panicking, right? But when those so you have to exercise your patience when there's calamities. That's one type of patience perseverance the second is that you're patient uh, you have perseverance in in fulfilling your obligations day in and day out because it's not easy you have to wake up for fajr you might be tired right you have to pray you might be in work you might cir- circumstances might be difficult but you have to upkeep your practice day in and day out and that takes a lot of sabr that takes a lot of patience and then the third and most important category of patience is abstaining from sin because you might want to do certain things but you have to rein in the ego. You have to rein in the If to rein in that desire and channel it to what is pleasing to Allah. That's not easy. So that's patience. And Ramadan has again all of these different aspects of patience. And interesting to note, right, also tied into patience is delayed gratification. Right? Delayed gratification. We know that we can restrain from certain things because something better will come. Right. And this instills within the believer this uh, cultivation of delayed gratification. And just by, you know, just a tangent, it's interesting that with students and with children, uh, they studied, you know, they wanted to know what is a measure, what really indicates success for young children, is intelligence, what is it? And they found out that the, the, the main answer is actually delayed gratification. And they tested this in what's called the marshmallow test, is that they took these children in a room and they put one marshmallow in front of them and they said that you can have this marshmallow now or if you wait a little bit, we'll give you two. Right? Are you able to delay your gratification? Are you able to abstain? And of course, a lot of children, they went with one. But a few children, they chose the, the two marshmallows instead of one. They were able to wait. And what's really interesting is that they actually studied this, these, this batch of uh, children for a long time, 30 years after, 40 years after. And they saw a direct correlation or a correlation between the "quote unquote" success of those who were able to delay gratification with those who chose the immediate uh, reward, and they said that in their marriages they were more stable, in their careers they were more stable, they had less uh, addictions, all these different measures of success is that those who delayed gratification, right? They showed uh, they showed uh, higher levels of success than those that uh, did not were ain't, weren't able to delay gratification. That doesn't mean that if a child chooses one that they're doomed, but what does that mean is that. It's something that can be cultivated, right? It's something that could be cultivated in children and it's a lesson that Ramadan has to offer in adults. We have to learn how to delay our gratification. If you look at delayed gratification from the perspective of the Akhirah, right? Allah says that they choose the Ajilah. They choose that which is immediate over that which is Akhirah, right? So a Muslim, the DNA of a believer should be that we have this idea of delayed gratification. We're able to delay our gratification in this for the Akhirah, right? Certain things off limits, we respect that, and we know that there's better in the akhirah, And we restrain ourselves, we have patience in, uh, in the, with this delayed gratification for the Akhira. Right, so Ramadan, this is one of the greatest lessons of Ramadan. Taqwa, sabr, look at the char- characteristics trait, these are characteristic traits, akhlaq. And then with sabr comes shukr, comes gratitude. Right? They're hand in hand, gratitude, sabr and shukr. And look at the meanings of shukr in Ramadan, and that Allah specifically says in the same verses of Ramadan, that they complete the uh, time period of Ramadan while you took up and that they uh, proclaim God's greatness for, for the guidance that he has uh, blessed them with so that they should be grateful so that they should be grateful Ramadan we're grateful for food right we're grateful for community we're grateful for family we're grateful for the blessing of Ramadan itself right and Eid is kind of the cultivation of that where we really express our gratitude, and this hadith says that the person fasting has two joys, right? Farhatan, uh, and the Prophet said that the first joy is the joy that they'll, the second, the joy that they'll see their act in the akhirah, right? That they'll see the act of fasting in the akhirah and they'll get the reward for that, and that's a source of joy on the day of judgment. What's the other uh, joy? It's it's not that the food is delicious, right? It's that you been, you've been given the tawfiq, the ability to fast. Right, That's the joy that Allah has enabled you. You're, able, you're healthy, you're able to fast, and you completed the fast, you're rejoicing upon the tawfiq of Allah. Not because the food is... Okay, that's also a blessing, but it's the tawfiq of Allah. Right, So Ramadan also is a great... Uh, is, is, is there too. Uh, Teach us gratitude. Right? We could be more grateful in Ramadan. I'll end with the last two... But this is just food for thought. Right? You could reflect and you could take meanings on your own uh, with these lessons of Ramadan, is that Ramadan is also there to refine, refine our character. Right? Certain characteristic traits is that Ramadan enhances those characteristic traits and makes it easier for us to have good character. And the Prophet ﷺ, said that fasting is a shield. Right? It's just something that should protect you, right? protect you. So when one of you fasts, he should not be obscene or rough. Right, you're you're going to uh, breach, you're going to rip that shield, that covering that Allah gave you if you're not living up to the characteristic standards. And the Prophet said, if someone insults him or fights him, let him say, I am fasting. Right? Don't engage. You have to have a higher, uh, a, a higher standard. Uh, the Prophet said, when one, of, when one of you wakes up in the morning for fasting, then he should not use obscene language or behave foolishly. If anyone abuses him or fights him, he should say twice, indeed, I am fasting. Indeed, I am fasting. And the Prophet told us uh, is that if somebody doesn't uh, leave, abstain from bad character and saying things that are not appropriate, call uh, azur, is that Allah has no need of their fasting and they're making themselves thirsty and making themselves hungry. Right? So if you miss the purpose of Ramadan of fasting, Allah is not in need of, of, of your giving up food and drink, right And then lastly, I'll end with this. is that one of the, again, one of the lessons of Ramadan? Is, is that it, it enables us and it helps us to conquer our enemies. To conquer our enemies and who are our enemies for these, the devil, desires, distractions, and dunya. Right? The devil, shaitan, desires, distractions, and dunya. And that this is an excellent opportunity for us to uh, conquer these enemies. Right With regards to the devil, is that we know that Uh, Shaytan and the greater, the Shaytans are imprisoned during Ramadan. Allah even makes it, he accommodates for those who are fasting, that's that, he imprisoned Shaytan to make it easier for those who are fasting and uh, uh, performing and and fasting in Ramadan. With regards to our desires, right, we're not eating, we're not drinking, we're not indulging in our desires during daylight hours, is that we're able to, uh, you know, to check those desires, distractions, and dunya, is that Ramadan is all about the akhirah and the spiritual meanings, We ask Allah that he uh, bless us with a complete and rich and enriching and transformative Ramadan and that he make this Ramadan of the most blessed Ramadan's upon us and that he accept from us and that he Make it easy for us to fast and make it easy for us to pray and make it easiest for us to attach to the book of Allah and to uh, acquire these beautiful characteristic traits and that we really experience the meanings and the teachings and the realities of this most blessed month of Ramadan. Wallahu azzajal yakool wa biqauli yahdi lal muhtadun jalla fi ula wa idha qurya al-Qur'an fa istami'u lahu wa ansitula alakum turahamoon wa qala azza min qa'ilil kareem fa idha qirata al-Qur'an fa istaidh billahi min ashaytana rajeem a'udhu billahi min ashaytana rajeem bismillahirrahmanirrahim wal asri inal insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa amilu salihati watawasawu bil haqqi watawasawu bil sabr اقول al هذا واستغفر العظيم الكريم لي ولكم كل ذنب فاستغفروه انه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين ولا للمتقين ولا عدوان الا على الظالمين واشهد اللّه الا الله وحده لا شريك له ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم uh, Salman سلمان الفارسي he relates that on a day similar to this day, on the l- last uh, day of Sha'ban, the Prophet ﷺ, he stood up and he gave a khutbah. And he addressed the sahaba and he addressed the ummah. And unlike many of our khutbahs, the Prophet's khutbahs were very concise, and very short. And I just want to read this beautiful khutbah of the Prophet ﷺ, where he addressed the sahaba right before the month of Ramadan. He said, "Ya O people, mubarak." is that an, a... a blessed, immense month is upon you. In it, this is a month which therein, in it is a night that is better than a thousand months. Is that Allah has made its fasting an obligation. And has made standing in prayer at night uh, subrogatory uh, 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 recommended and supererogatory. Is that whoever does any extra good deed, right? Any extra good deed, he gets the reward. It's as if he performed an obligatory deed in other than Ramadan, outside of Ramadan. And but and whoever any obligation that person performs in Ramadan, it's as if he performs seventy obligations in the months outside of Ramadan. Sabr. And it is the month month of patience. And patience, the reward is of which is Jannah. And it is the month in which the provision, the rizq of the mu'min is increased. Man Sa'iman Kana li Whoever provides the means to break someone's fast is that it is a source of forgiveness for that person for his sins. And it is a means for his salvation from the hellfire. And he has the same whoever breaks someone's whoever provides the means to break someone else's fast, even if it's a sip of water or a date, is that they will have the exact same reward of that person fast of that person without decreasing from that person's reward. Right, so, if you break one person's fast, it's as if you fasted twice. Three people, four people, five people. If you break, you know, a hundred people's fast, it's as if one day you fasted a hundred times. And then they asked, the companion asked, We don't all have means. We don't all have the wherewithal. We might not have, the Sahaba said that not all of us have the means to break somebody else's fast. So, Qala Rasulullah, Yu'atillah had the thawab, Man al ala Aw Uh, is that Allah gives this reward for someone that breaks somebody else's fast with one date, a single date. You provide one date, and you get that reward. Or a sip of water, or a sip of milk. Uh, And that this is the month. The beginning of it is mercy. And the middle of it is forgiveness. And the end of it is salvation from the hellfire. And this is the month of Ramadan and we ask Allah that he enable us to take full advantage of this blessed month and that we spend its time in a way that is appropriate to this month and that we really take advantage of this month and that we see the benefits of this month outside of Ramadan for the remainder of the year and for the remainder of our lives and inshallah in the Barzakh and in al Qiyamah and that he this be an accepted Ramadan inshallah ta'ala and that we make lofty and good intentions and that we uh, receive Ramadan in the best of manners and the best of ways. Wa Lemu ya Ibad Allah, and Allah Amrana be Amrana be Nafsi. What then Nabi Malaikatil Musabahati Pikutzi? What Aya habil Muminina min Ibadi Tarmima, Fakala Mukhbir and Wam Ran the Amrana Hom Takrima, in Allah Homala Ikatu, who you saluna alan nebi, Ya Ayuladina Amanu Salu, Ali, he was Sali Mutas Nima, Allah Mosadi was Sallam, Allah Sayydina Muhammad and Abdik or Sulik and Nabil Ummi while Ali Saydina Muhammad. I will على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في I إنك حميد that اللهم عز الإسلام that المسلمين اللهم عز الإسلام I المسلمين اللهم عز الإسلام will المسلمين اللهم I will المسلمين في I الأرض say اللهم اغفر لنا وللمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات الأحياء منهم والأموات Marvit and law hit and in a sitra walania, la to Roder Lena Dumban, Walla Nactesiba had a hatiat and Walla Isma, in the La Amarabi Salathan, Wana and a Salath, in Adli, Wal wa Weta Idel Kurba, Wienha and Elfasher, Iwal Munke will buggy, Yaridukum la Alukum to al Karun, yadhkurkum. Remember Allah and He will remember you. And thank Him for His blessings and He will increase you. Thank you for listening to one of Al Maqasid's online educational offerings. Our mission at Al Maqasid is to cultivate holistic learning environments rooted in knowledge, devotion, and service by providing full time, part time, online, and community programs. For more information, please visit our website at almaqasid.org and connect with our other online content at almaqasid.org backslash connect.